Hey everyone, it's Joel here again from Soul Revival Church, and welcome to the second week of the new way of delivering church at the moment. Now, I just wanted to let you know that we are continually working on eyeing out the kinks that come with trying to do church in this new way, uh, things like the audio quality. But what you're listening to right now is the audio from our live services that we are doing each week. And if you're interested in watching those live gatherings on the weekend, just go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you'll see the list of all six of our services at the top of the page. And yes, we run those at the same time we would usually meet at those gatherings if we were still able to do so physically. But thanks for sticking with us. Stay safe. And now let's get into our Sunday afternoon gathering at Woolaware. Yeah, so one of the things that we've been trying to do, um, or we have been doing um, in our gatherings as we've started to meet in this new way, is getting uh, an opportunity uh, just to, to speak a little bit with different people from our congregation. So I get the privilege now of interviewing Pete. Call it a privilege, but okay, I'm here. Yeah, it is. Um, right. And so um, we obviously, we, we, Pete's here, he's introduced himself, but um, maybe kick off by telling us who's the, um, the people in your household and, and how, like, coming along to, to church and that sort of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm Peter Anderson. We, uh, my wife, Philippa, and I go to Soul Revival Woolaware, and uh, our son, Max, who is uh, six foot two and goofy, goes to Friday night and Saturday night. Um, and uh, yeah, we are currently trapped in the house together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm not um, sure who's least appreciative of it. Uh, the dog seems happy, so that's the main thing, <laughs> and she is very well walked. Oh, mm. beautiful Indy. Mm-hmm. Indy's come and visited us. If you um, are not regularly at Woolaware before, and it's it's quite lovely. We have you know we have kids, we have adults, we have everybody in between, and and sometimes we have a dog. Keeper. Very. Oh, she's lovely. <laughs> uh, you, you better watch out because there's a few people who will say yes. I'm just trolling. Hopefully, Philippa doesn't watch this. Um. <laughs> oh. So, mm. working from home, what's that looking like for you at the moment? Oh, yeah, I am finally working from home. Um, I am deeply pleased that despite being six years late, we got the NBN because uh, I have to be on video conferences all day, every day. Um, my day job is with uh, an IT consultancy so I actually have a real job I don't just drive fast cars um more's the pity uh so uh I'm on video conferences uh, Max is on video conferences and uh Philippa is talking to her friends all over the world on Instagram uh people don't know this about her but she has quite a strong uh Instagram account where um she takes photos of the house and makes it look rather more expensive than it is uh which <laughs> she's very good it looks amazing which she's has gained her uh literally global fame um mm. so yeah she's she's uh talking to people all over the world so we're using that internet connection very heavily to make sure that um uh our work and our friends uh keep in touch with us yeah fantastic that's really really yeah, great any um any isolation tips and tricks that you're doing to keep sane turn off news 24 do not keep it rolling behind you it's just either the same news over and over again so you think wow is is that doubled in the last hour or uh you just get sick of hearing uh you know all the terrible things that are going on um i know for my myself i've gone back uh you know when uh i do have a little bit of free time i'm watching or listening to things that uh have always brought me um joy in the past so i'm watching old (coughs) <coughs> this is going to say something about me, Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> you know, the stuff that um, 
that you know that my son and I used to watch when he was little together, uh, and you know it always warms my heart to watch that back again and and see what that felt like because we used to watch that together. Um, listening to music, um, uh, you know the, the kind of stuff that that Philippa and I listened to together when we first got married, that kind of thing. So find things that that remind you of a really good time. Um, and the other thing I'm doing uh, is uh, I am very shamefully active on Twitter, uh, <laughs> mostly for a laugh, and that's been really good for me, uh, Twitter, because um, I'm very careful who I follow, uh, and there are a lot of really funny people out there, and we are uh, making as much light as we can of the situation, and that keeps me laughing. Um, but I'm calling people that I know uh, are probably not coping very well um, being inside. I mean, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> You might have told. I know I keep it under my really? hat. Really? Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, so I, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, friends who are introverted and uh, uh, sorry, extroverted as well, and who are really struggling mm. being inside. So uh, I'm calling them or messaging them or doing what I can. So yeah, I did. I talked to three or four different people a day, and you know, in my my more fun job, uh, I'm calling people who normally probably wouldn't get calls just to see how they are, and that's PR people. Uh, and just casually drop in that, you know, oh, and church is on Facebook Live, which is really weird. And they go, oh, really? So, you know, that's been a really good opportunity as well through um, uh, my social media channels and, and, and non-IT channels to, uh, to talk to people about what we're doing, uh, you know, as a church to, to keep things going. Yeah. And I noticed um, one of the things that you prayed for before put a slightly different swing on things than I'd been thinking about. Um, I've been really encouraged by um, how many people have been tuning in yeah. online. It's been really good. But I noticed when you prayed, you prayed for the people who not just were tuning in out of, say, interest, but are tuning in because for some reason coming to church is not something they feel comfortable yeah. doing, but now they can do it. Yeah, I it love that. That's fantastic. It is yeah. really great. And, you know, like, um, you know, my parents go to a church that is not very tech savvy and, um, so I've been able to tell them about Soul Revival because they're old school Anglicans and they're probably not sure about it. Um, but also, you know, being able to, we've been sharing different churches all over the world that are doing really good stuff on online. And this has been, you know, I think this will prove to be a great thing for the church um, because people are looking for answers, uh, whether it's from Soul Revival, Woolaware, or All Souls Langham Place in London, or, um, you know, the Redeemer Church in New York. It, it, people are looking for answers. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, you know, because we are, you know, one church, uh, we're all telling everyone the same thing, that Jesus loves them and that he died for us. And uh, it's extremely powerful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the internet sucks a lot, but this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, silver linings and, and yeah. clouds to look out for everywhere out there. And yep. you've got to find those silver linings and find those opportunities at Definitely. the moment. Yeah. How are you going? You enjoying yourself? Yeah, <laughs> keeping busy. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit... I'm finding the whole um, people talking about, like, you know, what are you doing with your spare time? I think I'm feeling like I've got less spare time at the Working moment. Working from home, you do not have more spare time. I mean, anyone tells you, oh, which language are you going to learn? Which, which instrument are you going to learn? <laughs> have either never learned a language or an instrument. I mean, it's mental to think you're going to have that kind of time because yeah. you've still got a house to run. You've still got, you know, things to do that you still do. Just because you're not commuting usually means your boss wants you... You know, <laughs> ready and waiting for it at eight o'clock. Yeah. Thankfully, my our boss doesn't. He's telling us to go out and you know smell the roses and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, not everyone has that luxury. Um, mm. So, you know, it, there's a there's a bit of uh, and this is happening a lot on on you know social media. Oh, you're not learning a new language. Oh. Tell them to you know. <coughs> <laughs> yep. Not. Yep. Yeah. And if you can and you are, 
Great oh, luck well to you. Done, but yes, yeah, no, but if no you're not, no, no guilt, no, <laughs> no, no, no worries. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. It is actually that's something we're going to have to be really careful of, isn't it? Because there are some very um, strong opinions about what the right thing is to do at the moment, and some of those, well, they're a little bit like what we're dealing with as Christians all the time, aren't they? Yep. You know, there are there are things that one Christian might feel are the right things to do, another Christian might feel something a little bit differently. We've got the gospel in common, but there are yep. those. You know, I think it was C.S. Lewis who talked about iron bars and grass reeds yeah, and. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so we've got to be careful with the grass reeds all the time. Yep. Um, I think at the moment, um, one of those grass reeds is, you know, what are you doing with your time? Yep. How are you coping with things? I know um, um, my sister's in a situation where she works in a medical practice so and her husband's a, a teacher, her partner's a teacher, so yep. they're... Um, they've got their kids still going to school and she's getting a lot of pushback. <laughs> um, now, everybody's, you know, yeah, that, that's a grass reed as far as I'm concerned. Be kind. Yeah, be kind to each other. Yeah, <laughs> and, and maybe listen before you jump in to say, you know, you should be or you shouldn't be, I suppose. I hope, I, I've felt that people have been doing that, yeah. so I hope we can continue to do that more and more. Coming off a brand new um, sermon series um, this week that's going to be leading up to Easter. It's called Jesus Is, and we're going to start with uh, a reading from Luke chapter 14, and we're beginning at verse 15. Perhaps I'll give a tiny bit of context, because it starts off in the middle of a section. Um, Jesus has been talking to a group of people, and he's just mentioned something about heaven. Um, And so that leads to a question or a comment, I suppose, um, that Jesus then teaches about. So let's um, jump in at verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Well, thanks, Fee. Uh, Thanks, Pete. Um, We are going to have a look at this part of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to leave them open. In fact, if you do have your Bibles open, what would be really cool just to know that I know that you're listening and you've got your Bibles there. Do you want to just give us a thumbs up and the like? That would be super helpful. Uh, I want to start off by asking a question to start with. And that is, have you ever been at a dinner party or a luncheon or something where, whether, whether it's uh, the first time you're meeting people 
or where it's just a group of friends or whatever it might be, that there's a moment in the conversation where somebody says something and then there's that awkward silence. You know, that, that awkward silence that no one knows quite what to do. Uh, I experience it quite often when I'm at, uh, at luncheons or dinners or whatever they uh, might be when we're meeting new people and we do the, the going around the table or around the group and asking uh, each other what it is that we do during the week. And we go through the various roles, uh, pe- jobs that people have and then it gets to me and they go, oh, Joe, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a pastor at a church. And then it's silence. No one knows how to respond or react. And I've actually got so used to it now that I, I go, well, this is a platform now for me to say some things. And so I tell them how awesome church is and they should go and how great it is and all those sorts of things. And then someone will try and kind of interject or say something to try and break the awkwardness and to change the conversation to be about something else. And it's funny because, as Fee mentioned, the context of this passage that we just read is actually at a dinner party that Jesus has been invited to. And Jesus has actually said a few things already before this that has actually caused some awkwardness uh, in amongst the, the, those who are um, there at this, at this party, at this, at this gathering. Uh, this, uh, this gathering is actually a group of people at the beginning of chapter 14 where we're told that, uh, that they are a bunch of prominent Pharisees. These are people who are well-known or famous, who are, how we say, uh, they are well-respected and they are people of, of high esteem. And so these, these are all the kind of bigwigs and important people are coming to this party. And Jesus has got an invite because the custom of the time would have been that if there is someone, a travelling rabbi or teacher uh, around who's getting a bit of... Uh, bit of a following that they would get an invite to such a party and so Jesus did and Jesus actually went to a, a number of these sorts of things he got invited to a number of dinners and lunches and festivals and parties of all sorts and he every time used it as an opportunity to declare something amazing and awesome about who he is who God is and what he's come to do and that's exactly what he does and we actually see that because this is a, a lunch of or this is a banquet of uh, prominence that people are kind of, I guess, kind of uh, hustling and bustling and trying to get their way to the prominent seat, the, the seat of honour. And Jesus points that out. He calls out the elephant in the room and says, guys, you guys shouldn't be looking to try and take the seat of honour because what if someone else comes who's more honourable and the host actually says, you know what, I think you need to actually you know, take a few seats further down because you're not the most honourable person here. That's going to be heaps embarrassing. So maybe sit somewhere where it's not as honourable and then if you get asked to come up closer, well, that's pretty cool because it means that you're more honoured than what you might have thought or what, and I guess you get kind of honoured in front of a whole bunch of people. It's kind of cool. Maybe think about that instead of trying to go, well, I'm so good because I do this and I do that. And it's, uh, So he calls that out. It causes a bit of, uh, bit of tension, a bit of awkwardness, uh, maybe a bit of awkward silence where not... 100% sure, but it probably would have gone down like that. And as Jesus started uh, talking about these things, there are a few comments that are made to try and break that awkward silence, to try and break the ice. And one of those, or the last one in that, is actually what we heard read, and it started off the passage that we had uh, read just then by a fee. In verse 15, where it says, One of those at the table with him heard this, and he said, Blessed is the man 
who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And this is an attempt of one of the guests there to try and break that silence a little bit. But it doesn't quite work because it actually causes more awkwardness because Jesus picks up on what's going on. Jesus just been talking about being humble and not thinking of yourself more highly than what you are, uh, you know, to not seek that place of honour. And then this guy comes out and says, well, we're all going to be in heaven and, and at the banquet there anyway, so that'll be fantastic. And Jesus says, uh, will you really? Is that really how it's going to happen? And he tells a, a parable. Now, a parable is a story that has a point to it. It's a, a parable is a story to illustrate a, a particular teaching. And Jesus is going to use this story of this great banquet that we just had read out to teach us something about the kingdom of heaven. And, and he actually refers to the kingdom of heaven as a great banquet, a great party. And let's have a look at it and, uh, and see what Jesus wants to, uh, to teach us and to, to show us in this part. Because we see first up that when, oh, in verse 16, it says, Jesus replied to the man. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent out his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Now it's important at this point just to remember that this invitation that is going out now that everything is ready is actually really probably the second invitation. The first invitation would have happened earlier, which would have been something like, I'm throwing a party on this day, this great banquet on this day, and I would love for you to come. And people would have RSVP'd to that invitation. And so the people that Jesus talks about in this story are people who said, yep, I'm on board, I'm all up for a party, let's do this. And now, as the second invitation goes out, which is kind of like a, a um, you know, those westerns when they have those big triangles and those bells and they kind of ring them to tell that supper's on. That's really what this second one is. It's really, it's not saying that this is unexpected. It's saying that the expected party is now about to happen. And so the invitation goes out, this second invitation, <laughs> someone's reading their Bible here on audio, uh, the um, the, the second invitation really is just an invitation to say that now what you said yes to is now ready to go. And so it really shouldn't come as much of a surprise, but yet we see that there are three types of responses. Now, this is not saying that there are only three groups of people involved, but this is kind of summarising the, the types of excuses that were th would have been thrown around. And again, it's a story. We don't want to dive too deep into picking it apart, but we see that there are a few excuses. Let's have a look. Verse 18 says, They all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I just bought a field and must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now that kind of sounds fair enough. You know, they've just bought some property. They want to go and check it. They want to make sure that they know where they're going to put uh, their barn, where they're going to put their house, how they're going to get their veggie patch going, all those things. That makes sense. You, when, you move, when you buy a house and, you want to, and you're about to move in, you go in and you kind of visualize and, and plan out where you're going to put your furniture before you move in. So it kind of makes sense. That kind of seems like a valid excuse. But it also is a bit of a lame excuse because who buys a place without thinking about where they're going to put stuff beforehand? Who buys something without actually having the forethought, uh, for, for, but can't speak, the foresight to actually go, okay, well, I'm going to buy this because I can put this here, this, that, and, and think about those things beforehand. 
And why, they knew that this date was coming, why do they wait till now to go and do this? So it might seem like a legitimate excuse, but it's a bit of a poor one still. And the second one is kind of similar. The other one is, uh, verse 19 says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Again, you're not going to buy five yoke of oxen, which is just uh, you know, ox to, to, to tend the field and those sorts of things. You're not going to go and buy them without knowing that they work first. That is a bad investment if you're going to do that. No one kind of just buys a car without testing it out and going, oh, well, I better go tie it out because it's going to work. We actually, you, you try it before you, you buy it. You want to make sure that things are actually working. So it seems like a legitimate excuse, but it's not a fantastic one. It's pretty average. And then the last one, the last one is this. And this is probably the one that we, we probably look at and go, yeah, no, no, this is actually really fair. He says, still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Now, that's a fair enough excuse. You've just got married. You want to, you get your own celebration going on. In Jesus' time, weddings weren't just a, a, a five, six, seven hour type celebration. They went on for days. They were long. But the thing is that, remember, this is the second invitation. They had already received the invitation that they had RSVP'd to saying they were coming, and now they've been told it's ready. So I was like, did you all of a sudden just decide to get married in the last couple of days? Did you not know? Was it a surprise to you? I don't know. But it, again, it's an excuse that seems a little bit not so great. It seems legitimate, but it's not sort of the best of excuses. And we see that as the, as the story moves on, that this report from the servant goes back to the master, who's the one who is host, he's the host of this, of this great banquet. And his response probably is pretty similar to the response that you and I would have. I don't know if you've tried to throw a party or a, or a particular uh, meal and you've invited people because you really haven't seen them for a while and you wanted to catch up with them and you feel like maybe uh, this is a great opportunity to do that. And then at the last moment, they pull the pin. And you've gone through all the effort of making their favourite food or just preparing something really lavish and, and, and you've set the table really well and you've, you've carved out time and then they've just pulled the pin. I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's happened to us a few times and it's frustrating. It, you just get angry because you put in so much effort for that person and then they just didn't show. Well... Likewise, the, the host, the master of this banquet, we see he actually gets angry. But there's a twist in the story. Yes, he gets angry, but he doesn't dwell on that anger. In fact, what he does is he actually goes, well, you know what? I've prepared this banquet, this great lavish banquet. I'm not going to go and freeze all this food and put it in my freezer and, and then eat it for lunches and dinners for the next five, six weeks. He says, no, no, my doors are open. We are ready. And he tells his servants, go. Go out into the town, into the streets and the alleyways and invite all the people you see. All the people. And we see the, the types of people that he, he uh, particularly points to. He says, bring the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Now it's really important that we hear that because when Jesus says this, he's, going, he's, in, the, he's telling that the host is telling the, uh, the servant to go out and invite all the people who would normally not get invited to such a banquet. See, Jesus is at a banquet right now as he's telling this story. A banquet that is 
uh, full of all the important people. It is not full of the poor and the, the crippled and the blind and the, the lame. It is full of those who would, I guess, feel like that they matter most in society. And Jesus here is saying, actually, you know what? You've had your chance. Now it is open. The doors are open to everybody. And when he's talking about here, he's talking about uh, those of um, the Jews who have been instructed throughout the Old Testament and through their teachers to follow God and to trust God, who have already uh, received the invitation yet have now, as Jesus comes to invite them to this great banquet, are actually rejecting it and saying, I've got other things to do. I'm busy. And so Jesus says that this, this master, this invitation as the servants takes out is now open. The doors are open to all people. But what do we find? Not only does, the, does he go out and invite all those people, but we see in verse 22, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. And the master says, well, that's not good enough. We, we, need, we, we need to fill this room. It, it's, it needs to be filled because we have all this food, all this preparation, all these things have been done. We can't let this go to waste. And so the master tells him to go out to the roads, the country lanes, and, and, and make them come in. Now, when he says make them come in, probably not the most helpful uh, sort of translation that we have, but it, it's, it's convinced them that this is for them and that this is important and they don't want to miss out. It's not to, to try and, um, uh, I guess, be fake or phony or to uh, lure them into any kind of trap. This is, this is actually to go out and say, this is something you want to be at. This is amazing. This banquet has been prepared and it is a banquet that you want to be at because you are invited and that you are given a position of honour at this banquet because you've been invited to take a seat. You don't have to stand. You don't have to sit outside and wait for scraps. You're actually invited in to the place of honour. And so that's what the servant does. He goes out and invites all those people in and the banquet, the party, is full. And it is an amazing story. But Jesus, as I said earlier on, when he tells this story, there is a point to it. And that point is picked up in that last little verse, in verse 24, it says, I tell you, not one of those men who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. When Jesus says this, he's saying that their invitation is here now. The invitation is there for all. The invitation is there for you too right now. Jesus is saying there is a banquet. There is a great party. And that party that he's talking about will happen in the kingdom of God. It will happen in heaven. God is saying he wants you there. And he's sending his son Jesus as the invitation to invite you to it. The doors are open. It is being prepared. It is ready. What will you do about it? What will you do with that invitation? Like, uh, like, many things that we get invited to we we hear an invitation we look at the date and we check our calendar we check our schedule to make sure that it fits in with what we've already going got going on or whether it's actually better than something that we already have planned and whether we and then we have this issue of what's going to take the priority 
But this invitation isn't like that. This is not an invitation where you need to check your diary and to work out what takes priority over another. This is the greatest priority. Because this is an invitation that is given to you and to me that actually cost a great payment. The invitation that comes to you and me to be at this party that will last for all eternity actually comes at the expense of Jesus' life itself. That Jesus actually dies on the cross to bring you, to give you this invitation, to hand it to you. The question is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with that invitation that costs so much? Are we going to say, I'm, I'm too busy. I've got to wash my hair. Or I've just got a new boat and I need to try it out. I've just bought a house and I need to, to work out where it is. Or I'm in isolation and I haven't got enough time because I'm working more than what I ever have. Or I've got to learn some new languages. Or a guitar, you know, I'm going to learn guitar or whatever it might be. You know, I'm just too busy. Is that going to be our response? That those things are going to take priority over something that will be amazing. This party is not just any sort of party. It is a party of all parties. A party that you do not want to miss out on. Because, you know, the busyness that we have in this life, the parties, the, th the events, the things that we go to in this life, do you know what? One day... They'll stop. There'll be no more parties. There'll be no more busyness. Even in fact, the, the, the parties that we go to now actually do have an end point. They're only for a period of time. They don't last forever. But this party that Jesus is inviting us to is a party that will not stop. It will go on for all eternity. It is a party where there'll be no more, there'll be no more sicknesses. There'll be no more self-isolation. There will no, be no more separation between us and those that we love and care about. There will be no more death. There will be no more sadness. There will be no more tears. There will just be endless celebration at this party. This is a party that you do not want to miss out on. It is a party that will be the party of all parties. And Jesus came from heaven to deliver this party to you in person just as he's doing right now through his word that we just read the invitation that went out to the streets to the roads to the alleyways to all people is the same invitation that goes out even right now the invitation is going out to you to be a part of this celebration this banquet this party and you know what having that invitation in our hands is the most wonderful thing because it means that we know that no matter what we go through in this life no matter what sickness and sadness and and death that we experience and and grief that we experience and and turmoil and struggle that we face in this life we know that one day we will be at that party where all those things will be done, done away with and we'll be celebrating and rejoicing because there'll be none of those things anymore. We won't be separated from, those one, from the ones that we love. We won't be separated from each other. We won't be separated in any way. But we'll be all there together rejoicing and enjoying this great banquet. 
See, this invitation is something that actually gives us hope. And right now, in our country and around the world, that is the thing that we need most. We need hope. Because so much seems hopeless and uncertain and there is anxiety and fear. But you know what? When we get that invitation, it gives us something to hold on to. Something we don't want to let go of. You know, Pete talking about being on Twitter and following people who um, make him laugh to help him get through this. You know what? This invitation helps us get through this. Because when we hold on to it, it actually causes us to, to sing and to dance in our kitchens. To, to sing and dance in our lounge rooms, in our, wherever it might be in your house because we're not able to go out as much. This invitation gives us hope and it gives us joy and it will help us get through not just this time that we're in now, but it will help us get through every moment we go through in life, knowing that there is something greater on the horizon, that the party is ready and you are invited. Let me pray. Dear gracious God, we thank you for this invitation. Father, we pray that we would grab hold of it and that we would cling it to our hearts, that it would bring us joy, that it would bring us hope, that it would bring us peace. Father, we pray that it would be something that we would never let go and that we would be so overjoyed that we have been so honoured to be part of this, to be invited to this party. Father, we pray, I pray right now for those of us who do know Jesus and follow Jesus that we would hold firm to this invite and that we would share this invitation with others. And Father, I also pray now for those who haven't received this invitation, Father, I pray that, they, that you may think about this invitation, about grabbing hold of it, not delaying, not putting it off for another time, but actually taking the moment now to grab it so that, that you may know this hope that we have in Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. And you can choose any one you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is OK by Ixon.